Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. Today we're talking with three local nonprofits, Family Shelter Service, Boy Scouts of America, the Three Fires Council, and CAPS. You're watching Spotlight, and today I'm joined by Kedri Ladwig and April Arnold. They're representing Family Shelter Services, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to have you here, although we're here to talk about a tough topic, uh, and that's domestic violence and domestic abuse. Uh, so I'm going to start with you, Kedri. Define that a little bit for us. Yeah, well, statistics show us that one in three women and one in four men will experience domestic abuse in their lifetime. And if you think about that in relation to the size of DuPage County and our population, it's about 225,000 individuals. And we know that domestic violence doesn't happen in a vacuum either. It's something that impacts the whole family. So you can imagine how far reaching that can be. Yeah, those are some staggering numbers. They are. Yeah. April, what drew you to the board? You're on the board as a volunteer. What drew you to the organization? Well, I had become familiar with Family Shelter Service in working at the DuPage Children's Museum years ago and was very aware as their being a partner of ours of the great work that they were doing. I also had the experiences as someone who was a manager that had several women that had bad situations. And so because I was aware of Family Shelter, we were able to make sure that they were able to get the kind of support they need. Um, I've always been very involved in women's empowerment, and uh, it's been a joy for the last seven plus years to be involved on the board. Okay. Uh, you've talked a little bit, because you just said they've helped your folks. Uh, talk a little bit about the services that you provide and how those needs within DuPage County are really growing. Yeah, absolutely. So we're the only comprehensive domestic violence agency in DuPage County, which means not only do we offer shelter, but we have a 24-7 hotline that individuals can reach out and get emotional support and connected to resources. We offer counseling for both adults and for children. We have a um, court program where we help with orders of protection and emergency orders of protection. We have a prevention program that goes out into the community and teaches um, healthy relationships and teen dating violence at high schools, middle schools, and even colleges. And then we try and continue that outreach. So we work closely with the local police departments. We do trainings during their roll call to help officers when they go out and respond to domestic violence calls that they know where they can go and how they can refer individuals to some services. They also are part of our DuPage County protocol in which they have to call and report any domestic violence call they go on so that we can then turn around and follow up with each and every one of those victims. Okay, I mean that is some very wide scope of services. It is, and it's grown out of need. We started as a very small organization and um, housing individuals um, back in 1976 as um, just in homes, in private homes, and then we've just continued to grow as we've seen the need continue to grow. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, and sad that we're seeing that need it to is. grow, but I mean, kudos for all the people that are putting so much time in to really make sure, I mean, you're talking about prevention programs, you're talking about outreach programs, right down to early, early in some ways that's kind of almost early childhood and middle school, absolutely. right, in terms of identifying what that looks like, that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely, and that's really the goal with prevention, right, is to get to it before it's happening yeah. and put that education out there. I think so many people don't realize 
realize they're in abusive relationships if it's not physical abuse. And so we really focus on helping individuals understand the scope of abuse and the dynamics of abuse and do so at a young age. And when we start in middle school, we talk about healthy relationships with friends and how do you have healthy boundaries and what's appropriate communication. So we work on all of those things. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Which kind of leads me to you, April. Um, obviously, Family Shelter Service has grown tremendously mm -hmm. uh, because of the needs. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk a little bit about that journey and, and kind of how you're looking to expand. Well, very excited about what we were able to do on April 1st. Uh, we actually merged with a very longtime community partner, Metropolitan Family Services of DuPage. Uh, it was a great opportunity for us to service our clients better, to create uh, opportunities where barriers to services were not there, and also create some more efficiencies. It's difficult when someone comes to you in a trauma situation and has to be able to tell their story more than once. So to be able to partner with Metropolitan, we now have services that encompass legal aid, um, early childhood, um, mental health, and also uh, behavioral health services that clients can get from one case management perspective so that an individual doesn't have to tell their story over and over and over again. The other great thing about the merger, uh, which as a board member um, we were very pleased to be able to do, it was all about servicing people better. And so we can actually take in more clients and be able to try to help them faster. So that was our, our major goal. Well, you talked to, Kendra, you talked a little bit about, I think it, you said over 200,000. I mean, that's a lot of people mm -hmm. that you're trying to service, right? And, and even though we are servicing them better and servicing more, the numbers are still going up. And we'll be anxious to see after the first uh, year of the merger where we actually are. We know we're making a difference, but I think because of the partnership, we're also out there more. And so more people are finding out about us, which is a good problem to have. But yeah. we still need a lot of support from the community in order to keep doing what we're doing. Well, and I think it was interesting. I mean, I love it when uh, organizations come together and try to collaborate. And, and find those efficiencies with mm -hmm. the client in mind. Um, and, and you talked a little bit, I know, Kedra, you sort of mentioned about the impact it has. It's sort of a mushroom out mm -hmm. uh, impact. And you talked about all the different services that perhaps maybe you, Family Shelter Service, wasn't able to offer before. But now with Metropolitan Family Services, with the combination, you're now able to provide it, all in the one-stop shop. All the wraparound services mm -hmm. that anyone would need to be able to just take good care of them and or their family. Yeah. We've started doing some wonderful work in having family support workers come to the shelter to be on site and help parent educators. There's been a lot that we've been able to do that we've never done before. Yeah, that's exciting. I, and I would imagine that the staff is feeling very energized with that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it really excited about all the opportunity because we see how much we can really help our clients with all of the things they need. Yeah. Now, if there's something maybe that the community doesn't know, obviously, uh, you know, it's a topic that should be talked about, uh, but, but often not. Uh, what would you like our viewers to know? Well, I would say that, you know, kind of like April mentioned, the need continues to grow for domestic violence services. It's one of our main reasons for partnering with Metropolitan mm -hmm. Family Services DuPage is that need continues to grow. We've increased between 2018 and 2019 50% in our hotline calls. We've had to turn away 805 adults and 869 children from our shelter because we're at capacity. And so the need is always there. And we always need support of the community 
community, not only in volunteering, um, donations, answering hotline calls, uh, but the need is great, um, greater than ever. Okay. Well, listen, I, I am always staggered by the amount of work that you are able to accomplish on behalf of people that are incredibly vulnerable um, at a difficult time in life. So I, I wish you all the best for continued collaboration, continued growth, and we thank you for what you're doing in the community. If you are interested in learning more about how you can support Family Shelter Service, please go and visit their website. We're gonna take a quick break, but stay with us. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. work hard and you want to see your efforts pay off literally whether you're dreaming of retirement growing your business or leaving a legacy for future generations at Busey we help you realize the possibilities of tomorrow we listen to your needs and goals to create a sound strategy for you and your family enjoy the achievements of your life and work we'll handle the rest Busey your dream our promise If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Renette, and joining me now from the Boy Scouts of America, the Three Fires Council, are Clint Shaft and Paige Samdell. Nice to meet you, Paige. Clint, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited. So I'm going to start right off with you, Paige, because last time when Clint was here, we were talking about just girls starting to be introduced uh, to the Boy Scouts of America. So it's been a year. Tell me a little bit about what's been going on and what's new. It's been a fantastic transition. Last summer, the uh, youth that are between kindergarten and fifth grade got to start in Cub Scouts. And then in February, we launched with the troops for the female um, troops between the, with girls between the ages of 11 and 17. Um, there's a lot of energy. Um, it seems like each month there are units adding on. Um, our group started out with eight in February, and we've got um, 20 uh, young ladies now that are having a blast. They've been able to participate in um, campouts. Um, we've gone uh, rafting on the river. We've had kids that have gone on high adventure down to St. Croix, and we're looking forward to uh, another high adventure trip next summer with um, long-term backpacking at Philmont Scout Reservation. Wow, that's a lot. It is. <laughs> Um, the energy that the kids bring to the program um, is amazing. For some of the kids, they um, have been sitting on the sidelines watching their brothers participate, and now they have the opportunity to participate at the same level. We have 300 girls participating in Cub Scout packs right now, and we have 15 troops for girls here in our local community uh, serving about 150 young girls. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and I think one of the things you mentioned before was that by having it kind of together, you really allow for more of that family experience, right? Absolutely. Family time is incredibly hard to come by right now. Parents are pulled in tons of different directions. Having a one destination place where you can go for your scouting activities and do it as a family together, whether it's Cub Scouting or Scouts BSA or Adventuring or one of the other program options we have, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds, and obviously with those growth numbers, uh, there's been a need, right? Absolutely, and what Clint was saying as far as one-stop shopping, that's absolutely true with, um, with our charter organization at Knox Presbyterian. We've got a Cub Scout pack, we have two troops, we have a crew, so we have a program for scouting for every eligible youth from ages five to 20. 
Um, and there's not a whole lot of organizations in the area that can say that. Yeah, well, and that's nice. When your kids span multiple years, multiple schools, it's exactly. nice to have something that they can all do together, doubt. right? Now, you've also had some other exciting news. You guys have been very busy, very oh, yeah. very scout-like, yeah. very busy. <laughs> um, $3 million investment in Camp Big Timber in Elgin. Oh, my gosh. So uh, Camp Big Timber is uh, about a 100-acre camp we've had since 1924. And this is its first major, uh, major upgrade in that entire time in nearly 100 years. Uh, brand new dining hall with a 200-person uh, dining room, catering kitchen, training center, outdoor spaces, conference rooms, uh, maker space, STEM space, uh, great outdoor activity fields. I mean, it is just amazing. Uh, modern day shower houses for today's families. It makes it a lot more comfortable being <laughs> in the outdoors. Uh, it is just a fantastic facility and it is booked nonstop uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, training activities for volunteers and youth leadership training for, for kids. Um, uh, field activity days, fun days, family movie nights, uh, you name it, we're doing it. It is uh, jam-packed with kids all the time. We couldn't be happier for the facility is and how it's serving the Chicagoland community. Now, is this the only facility here in the area? It is the only scout camp in the Chicagoland area. Uh, our local scout councils own camps in Michigan, Minnesota, Indiana, but this is the only one in the Chicagoland area, the closest in camp for 45,000 scouts to visit. Well, good for you for being able to get that across the finish line because I'm sure the families appreciate that. The improvements are remarkable um, from having been out there as a leader in the early 2000s. It, for those that were um, part of that then, it's almost unrecognizable now. The facilities are top notch. That's wonderful. Now, okay, so I'm excited about that, right? And I want to get my kid involved. Paige, how do I go about that? The easiest way to do it is to um, go to the national um, website, which is beascout.org. Um, within that, it has a search function that you can put in your zip code, and then it'll help you discern whether you're looking for a Cub Scout pack for your second grade boy or a Scouts BSA troop for your 13-year-old daughter. Um, and it's based on geography. You can go there, and it'll give you a list of units to contact. Okay, so it really is a very nice sort of, I know where I am and what I need. Absolutely. I just go in, and I kind of navigate myself there, and I get the contact information. At the, Pretty simple. Yep. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Now, Clint, what can the community do to support BSA? And also, just yeah. our youth in general in the community. You know, um, here in uh, Naperville, for example, we have almost a hundred different scout groups, packs, troops, crews, explorer posts. Uh, so anyone that wants to get involved in our programs, go to bscout.org, we'll find a place for you. Or contact our office, we'll help you locate a, a group that's right for you. As far as community support, we're always looking for volunteers. If you have an interest in helping young people develop and grow into better citizens, give us a call. We'll find a place for you to plug in. If you're a parent looking for something positive for your kids to do to help them grow, we've got a place for you as well. And we're always looking for financial support and uh, program support as well. So if you've got some resources uh, that you're willing to offer up to support their, our, our youth locally, we'll be glad to help you. Time, talent, or treasure will Absolutely. take all three. <laughs> Absolutely. That's true. Um, you, we're getting ready to fall. I have beautiful flowers here in Naperville Garden Club. Um, so what are you doing in the fall? What's exciting that's coming up as far as programming this fall and winter? Well, we're finishing up our adult leader training schedule here uh, next couple weekends. Uh, um, all the hundreds of new volunteers that have come on board this year are finishing up their basic leader training. We have a Cub Scout Fun Days at its uh, Big Timber uh, last Saturday of September, first Saturday of October. Uh, we've got uh, Haunted uh, Family Camp uh, at, uh, at camp as well in October. Uh, just a, a ton of activities. There'll be scouting for food drives where our scouts are out collecting food for families in need uh, right before Thanksgiving time. And of course, our annual popcorn sale. So scouts starting this 
this weekend will be out uh, selling popcorn. Okay. Uh, so, uh, are they coming door to door? Are they at grocery stores? Where where would I, where would I find them? All find of the them? above. Yep. All of the above. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> So help a scout to earn their way to camp next summer and buy some popcorn from them. Okay, so that's a fundraiser that individuals, or do they do that as troops? How, how does that work? Both. Okay. Uh, but it's a fundraiser that benefits the local Cub Scout pack or the local scout troop. So the, the, the kids keep uh, nearly 40% uh, of everything they sell uh, stays right there for their local group. 30% goes to support their facilities and infrastructure, and the balance of it pays for the product. So it's a, it's a really, really good uh, share for the, the group. Okay, so now just looking ahead, anything else you'd like to tell us? There's tons, um, <laughs> but uh, more than anything else, we appreciate your time on the show. Yes, Thank you yeah. for letting oh, us uh, talk about Always. scouting. And, uh, and again, just go to our website or give us a call. If you have questions about scouting, what we're doing in the community, how we're serving families or how we could serve your family, uh, just give us a call and we'd love to help you out. That's wonderful. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Congratulations on the continued growth of the program with the girls for the renovation at Camp Big Timber. And I wish you all the best for the fall Thank and the you. winter. Thank you so much. If you would like to learn more about the programming that Three Fires Council will be offering this fall, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go away. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Timing is everything especially when it comes to your business. Whether you're ready to start up or expand out, running a business is challenging. You deserve a trusted partner. At Busey, we tailor our approach to your unique needs and help you navigate financial decisions, achieve your goals, and realize your dreams of success. Your dreams shouldn't wait. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. I'm joined now by Wes Wynette, who is the board chair of CAPS and deputy chief of the Naperville Fire Department, Amy Scheller. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here. And I'm going to start right out with you, Wes. What is CAPS? What does CAPS stand for? And how did it get started? Sure. Citizens Appreciate Public Safety, CAPS. It is a Naperville community group that was established to recognize the police and fire department personnel and the contribution they make to the city. So each year, citizens nominate those first responders that they truly believe went above and beyond the call of duty and exhibited genuine concern for the welfare of the community. Um, we have two events each year. Uh, the, in the fall, we have the fire department where we recognize the personnel in that group. And then in the spring, we recognize the individuals of the police department. Okay. And, and so what's kind of the process there? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's, okay. let's go to you, Amy. Give us some examples. Wes talked about extraordinary service. What, what does that look like? What might be some examples? Well, there's been um, many examples. And the neat thing about CAPS is 
there's a variety of uh, nominations that come in. So it could be incident related, like structure fire, where a firefighter paramedic may have rescued someone. Um, one real memorable moment was last year when we had uh, someone, a crew nominated after someone had a car fall on them. Uh, so the family was there. It was uh, real touching. Um, it was actually a teenager that was injured. So that crew is actually able to see the, um, the work that they did and that the, the kid was okay and it was fantastic. And then there's some community things that our firefighter paramedics do um, throughout the year that they get nominated for. Yeah, it's, I, I know I've been to the dinner and I know one of the things that always strikes me is there is a wide variety of things that people get nominated for yeah. and, uh, and, and some of those stories are really what brings me to tears, I know They that are much. very powerful. Yeah, yep. very powerful. Um, Wes, talk a little bit, if you would, about how somebody goes about nominating somebody for the CAPS Award. Sure. Well, we've worked hard to kind of streamline and make the process easy. There's three ways that an individual can go out and nominate their first responder. They can fill out an online form, they can send us an email, or they can send us a letter through the U.S. mail. All of the contact information for any one of those channels can be found on our website, Naperville Caps, under the Nominate tab. Okay. So it makes it very easy, very streamlined for folks to go out. Okay, and let's kind of come back to that process. So I've sent you my nomination, what happens then? Sure, about four to six weeks before one of the events, be it police or fire, we pull together all the nominations that we've got during the year. And we select five to seven winners of the CAPS awards. Um, in addition, there's a special award that is offered by both the police and the fire department. For the police, it's called the George Pradle Award, named after our late great mayor also known as Officer Friendly, who really started community policing in Naperville. For the fire department, it is the uh, Winkler Award, named after George Winkler, who really stood for a lot in the, in the department, almost an icon of the institution. He was there for 31 years and was known for his integrity, his honesty, dedication, and kindness. So with those two rewards, I think, and the stories that are behind them, it makes for a very special event. Yeah, certainly does. And now, Amy, I know one of the things we always hear at that dinner is typically first responders are very much like our military, are very humble. They're the very last people that want to have a spotlight shone on them, right? Um, so I'm going to shine a spotlight on you because I know that you have been a recipient of a CAPS award. So you can speak to this. How mm -hmm. does it make those first responders feel when they get one of these CAPS awards? It is unbelievable. I can tell you one of the more difficult things that we do as a fire department, and I'm an administrator now, is to try to recognize your people. And so they're very humble about it. But when you get an award from a citizen, um, it's real special. You know, that's who we work for. This is a great community. They support their fire department and their police department. But to hear that it comes from a citizen is uh, really powerful. And uh, I can tell you, one of the more impactful awards that I've received have come from citizens. So we're very appreciative of that. And you know, look for, forward to every event, yeah. every time it comes comes around. Right. Well, I always like seeing because so often uh, the families are there, and I think uh, typically people don't bring that home. Um, right. And so it's always wonderful to watch in their eyes as oftentimes the person who has nominated gets to say a few things and, and gets to kind of really see what, what dad or mom is doing at the office. Absolutely. And, uh, that's really right. nice, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's some of my first memories with my son, you know, my family is to bring them out and my parents to be uh, formally recognized like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's nice. So now you also have on CAPS, you have another way that citizens can show appreciation uh, for our first responders and that's your BRIC program. So say a little bit more about that. Yes, our commemorative BRIC program. 
Uh, we've set that up so really individuals and um, organizations are allowed to show their appreciation for a friend, um, commemorate a colleague, or maybe just make it a lasting tribute to the first responders of Naperville and what they do for the city. Um, it is, there's 500 bricks that have been set aside in the public safety plaza, which is located between the police and the fire department administration buildings on Aurora Avenue. Um, each of the bricks can handle up to three lines of text. They cost $250 each. The proceeds from the brick sales go to help event, uh, fund our programs and pay for that. Um, and you can uh, sign up if you want to buy one uh, online on our site. And there is a brick program tab there for that. So uh, you can go out and buy one at any time. Okay, so it's a click and we're right there and click for your events too. But Amy, you're in that plaza yep. all the time. And, and I always love the fact that it's right in between both the fire and the police department. I think that's just a great, if citizens haven't gone, they should go do a visit there. Mm -hmm. uh, how does it make you all feel every time you go out there? Well, well, I can tell you that I have a brick myself. So I've been on the department over 20 years and the crew that I came on with, there were three of us. So we bought a brick to kind of commemorate that. Uh, so to watch that fill in over the years has been pretty special. It, it makes it feel like a community. You know, you read some of the um, bricks and you reflect on some of the people, whether they were memorial bricks or just thanking someone. So really to see those bricks kind of come in has been real impactful. And hopefully we'll get more bricks to come in because uh, it just makes the whole thing a community. You know, yeah. community kind of memorial and represented, you know, representing the fire and the police department. Well, and I think it's also really nice if, you know, if somebody's father or grandfather or mother, you know, was a firefighter or a police, it's a great way to kind of honor them in their own home community now. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it Absolutely. doesn't have to be for people who were Nate Pavilions. It can just be for people who live in Naperville who want to express something for the people that they Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. it makes it feel so much bigger, right? Instead of a real small you know, me memorial, it makes it feel like a community. Yeah, that's right. wonderful. So as we wrap up here, Wes, uh, you've got the event, the Firefighter Caps event is coming up in October. Again, remind us of how we get tickets. Go on to uh, Naperville Caps uh, website and on there you can get any of the information as far as timing, location. Uh, if you have questions, there's contact information out there. Also, you can click and buy a ticket while you're there. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best uh, with both the one in October for the firefighters and the one next spring uh, for the police department. So thanks for stopping by. If you would like to nominate a first responder for a CAPS award or you'd like to purchase a commemorative brick, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. If you want to learn more about the organizations featured on today's show, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And if you want to stay informed about what's happening in your community, sign up to receive our daily news update, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching.